0: to take control. Father, I, I, I can do nothing, but Lord, you can do all things. So even, even now, Father, have your way. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We thank our music director, Sister Glover. Thank the choirs and musicians for such a worship experience. If you have your Bibles with you, will you turn to the 12th chapter of Romans? The 12th chapter of Romans. When you find it, amen. and Let's stand to give God his word reverence. Romans chapter 12. And I shall begin reading in verse 4. Romans chapter 12. And I shall begin reading in verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member of one another. Having then gifts differently according to the grace that is given unto us. Whereas a prophecy let us prophesy. According to the proportion of faith, uh-huh. our ministry let us wait on our ministering. Are yes, he that teacheth on teaching, Lord. him on exhortation, are he that exhort on exhortation, and he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, and he that ruleth with diligence, yes. and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Yes, Amen. Amen. On last week, we we dealt with discovering your, your motivational gift. Today, we shall take a look at perhaps one, maybe two of these gifts to give us understanding. To understand that these that are listed here in Romans are different from that which is listed in 1st Corinthians. God is a logical God. He's a logical God. Therefore, the way he writes in his word is in a logical manner. For years, I've pondered and said, Lord, I don't understand why are these over here and these over there? and." They seem to be different, but I don't understand. I told you last week that there's some things that I prayed about 10 years ago that God just now giving me understanding of. But I'm learning to ask Him and wait until He gives me the answer. There's some things that you don't understand right now. That's okay. Just wait. <laughs> You may not be ready to receive what God wants to show you. So so just wait. There's some things that we got to wait for. But God's will is always that we may have understanding so that we will not be in the dark about anything he has given us. And for too long, many of us have been in the dark about what God has given us. Therefore, we do not have the freedom to be free. And I told you before, God did not make us to be ducklings. He made us to be eagles. (laughs) See, 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 we're a bunch of eagles in here. And whether you know or not, eagles don't flap their wings like other birds. Eagles soar. So prayerfully, hopefully, our investigation will help us to soar. I want you to look with me. I want you to look with me at verse six. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. We dealt with that. We we dealt that, that you don't have to be like me. God wants you to be you. That God gave you something special. And you need to find out what God has given you. That in these motivational gifts, we are talking about personalities or characteristics that God has framed. He has framed your personality to flow in a certain tendency of his personality. Let me see if I can break that down a little bit more. Let me see if I can break that down because some of us didn't catch that yet. God wants us to express his character. And even though the seed of his character is in you and we all have all of them, some of them will flow more easily than others. Some of them you are more conditioned to flow in because of your own personality. God has not thrown away your personality. He wants to use your personality. But he wants to perfect it with his personality. Amen? He wants to perfect you. Yeah, all of us got cracks. Thank God for the cracks. Because through the cracks, the Holy Spirit can shine. So look. These that are here in Romans describe an element of God's personality. All right, all right. Characteristic up. Yeah. that he wants to flow through you. Let's go, on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. According to the grace that is given unto us, of course, it is by grace, whereas a prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion had a real time with this one why this one does not seem to fit the mold that the rest of them fit right. this one does not seem to fit a personality until i went back into the greek went into the root word and find out that in the root word what he's talking about those that see those that has the ability to discern is not talking about prophecy Speak, God, move upon you, and you prophesy as in the Old Testament. That's not talking about it here, not here. First Corinthians 12 talks about that, but here it's talking about the way you see things. Don't you know all of us see things from a different point of view? See, if I had red glasses and I put it on, all of you would have a red tint on. Why? Because that's what—that's the way I see things through those glasses. And you will see things the way your personality lends you to see it. To see it. A person, the best root word to use instead of prophecy or or to prophesy is perceiver. One who perceives. One who sees. Sees what? These people have a type of personality that sometimes is hard to understand. And as I explain, you're going to pick people out in the congregation and say, "Yes, them. <laughs> a perceiver is a person that has the ability to discern God's will. They don't see gray areas. All they see is black and white. <laughs> There's nowhere in between. And sometimes a perceiver sometimes can is being harsh because they're very blunt, very frank. When I first discovered this, it was in Malachi chapter, I think it's chapter 4, about the last verses in, chapter, in the last chapter of Malachi is when there's a prophecy given and he said before that great and dreadful day of the Lord, he shall send Elijah. Who shall turn the hearts of the father to the children and the children's hearts back to the father. You know, that used to puzzle me because I said, what do you mean Elijah's going to come back? Then when John the Baptist showed up on the scene, Jesus said he was Elijah. Uh Wait a minute, he was John the Baptist. He wasn't Elijah. Are we talking about incarnation here? No. He wasn't talking about actually Elijah coming back. He was talking about that there will come back a person who had the same type as Elijah. Then when you look at the character of John the Baptist, here he is wearing camel clothes, eating honey and locusts. He looked like a wild man. He didn't laugh too much. He was a nonsense, you know, no nonsense type of guy. And he will always say, repent. Why? That was in his personality. Elijah was the same way. Elijah always with the people saying, repent. That's the way they saw things. John the Baptist, if you was to be in his day, you would say, boy, he, he, he just comes off awful strong. How many people in this congregation you know comes off awful strong? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't ask that, huh? But you got people who, you know, you know, they they, they just come off too strong sometimes. See, and what happens is sometimes they got a perceiver-dominant personality, but the problem is they may not be under the Holy Ghost. So you gotta make sure you're under the Holy Ghost and all these things. Because sometimes, if you're not under the Holy Ghost, instead of bringing people in, you're running people out. There's a personality that they are very opinionated. John the Baptist was very opinionated. Amen. I don't care what nobody said, he was very opinionated. Not that when the Pharisees came, he said, You vipers and snakes. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't it didn't make that easy, did it? There's a problem with this gift. Well, before we get to the problem, let me tell you why the gift is here. The gift is here to make us, to try to keep us staying straight on course. See, their one desire is that we stay where we're supposed to be with God. There's a compassion in their heart to say, hey, hey, guys, we got to be if you say something wrong or quote a scripture wrong or interpret it wrong, a teacher will help you understand it. A perceiver say, you're wrong. And sometimes we that are perceivers have to learn that you can't force people to believe what you believe. I know the tendency of your spirit is to make people see it the way you see, but sometimes you got to step back. Cause otherwise, you're always in arguments with somebody. See, see, perceivers, that's, that's in their nature. You gotta understand that, that the Jesus at times was a perceiver. He looked at the Pharisees and he said, You vipers and snakes. You, you whitewashed tomb." He looked at people's heart, the woman at the well, and he saw that you got five husbands and the one you got now isn't your husband. You're hungry, but just looking for the wrong thing. And there's people in this congregation who has had the perceiver type of mentality and you didn't know that that was your uniqueness. And sometimes you said things and your timing wasn't right when you said it. And you got hurt after you said it. And now you have made up your mind, you're not going to say nothing no more. See, you, you say, what's wrong with me? Well, there's nothing wrong with you, but you need to put your personality under the control of the Holy Spirit. What I found out about this gift is a lot of times we want to speak everything we say. God does not give you things to speak all the time. There's something you need to keep to yourself. But we as Christians, what we got to do is we got to be Understanding and know that they may be a perceiver that don't know how to use their gifts yet. And instead of talking about them, we need to help them. Let me see if I can break it down a little bit more. See if I can break it down a little bit more. Jonah was a perceiver. Old Testament, you know the you know the one who who went into the, to the belly of a fish. <laughs> But he was a deceiver that was out of the will of God. Okay, but, but he knew that if he was to go to the Ninevites, that God's nature was that if they repent, God was going to forgive them. And Jonah didn't want God to forgive them. You see, he had an attitude. Matter of fact, he was racist. He didn't like the Ninevite people. I don't know why he didn't like him. He just didn't like him. And when God said go to Nineveh, he turned the other way and went to Tarshish. But notice that when he is on the boat, sleep and God creates a storm and all these people are on top of the boat praying, they go there to wake him up and they wonder what's happening. Jonah said, I know what's happening. And I said, what do you mean you know what's happening? I perceive that this storm... Is because of me what you mean is storm is because of you I disobey God and I, 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 I'm not supposed to be going the other way but I jumped on this ship and and God is really after me and you guys are in danger because of me well Jonah what should we do well throw me overboard <laughs> don't you know that sometimes God will not only judge you, but he judges those next to you because of you. <laughs> That's why you need to have it right. You think that God's just going to judge you, but what affects you as a parent is going to affect your children? What affects you as somebody many times? Don't you know if you get caught and go to jail, all those that love you is in jail with you? Oh, no, they're not. They're out there free, but they're hurt is damned up. See, there's some mothers in here, and everything day they're crying for the sons that are locked up. And we think that what we do just affect us. Oh no, it doesn't. Jonah should have been willing to do what God wanted him to do, but instead he had an attitude. This gift that God has given him is now a hindrance instead of a help. And God has to put him in the well of a fish, well, in the belly of a fish, to teach him a lesson. They finally throw him overboard. And he says, while I am in the pit of hell, he's absolutely drowning, think he's going to die, a fish swallows him up. You know what? Sometimes, not all the time, Sometimes you're going to do what God's going to tell you to do regardless. Jonah's attitude didn't change. But after three days and three nights in that fish, guess what? He did what God told him to do. You know what? The greatest revival ever known in the world was by a prophet who didn't want to do it. Well, you know, if you came out of a fish and had seaweed in your hand smelling like fish, people probably start repenting too. See, there's some people in here and the way you see things is just black and white. The one problem I see about a perceiver is this. With this gift comes the ministry of intercessory prayer. See, because many things that you may see, God don't want you to go tell them right now. He wants you to pray about it. Right. Right. And we have gotten on this thing to say, you know, as soon as I see it, I got to tell somebody because I'm so low. No, you pray about it, and the Holy Spirit will tell you when to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus says, he says, I, I come, and I don't say my own words. And in the NIV, it says, and I say what he tells me, and say, and when to say it. Timing is everything. Nathan was a perceiver and he waited until about a year before he approached David. He knew all the time that David messed up. Why did he wait? Because the timing wasn't right. What was he doing? He was praying for the kingdom and praying for David. And when God told him to go, God had already set everything up. And he knew what to say when he went. Some of us are gone and God hasn't sent you yet. Yeah, I supposed to bring my brother back from the fall. But I don't go on my own. See, after I get down on my knees and I pray for my brother. After I take and I talk about my brother. After I get down on my knees and I pray for my brother. Then the Lord will say, will motivate me. To go. Then when I go, God has already prepared his heart to receive what I say. Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, uh-huh. right. right. This gift of perceiver is a personality of Jesus Christ. But with all of them, they have to have balance. Most of us, we are out of balance with our gifts. We use it when we want to. We say it when we want to. We go when we want to. The time is out for when we want to. Every every day, you need to be getting before the Lord saying, Lord, I want you to use me. Because I realize that if I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to be fulfilled, then my life got to be about you. See, Jesus don't want to be number three on your list. Jesus don't want to be number two on your list. Jesus got to be number one on your list. See, it's not about, let me just be honest with you. It's not even about your giftedness. It's about his greatness. But that which God has given you, he wants you to be in proper position to use. You need to take a an analysis of your life. And ask yourself, whether you are being effective or being a hindrance. You need to ask yourself, are you doing it by God's anointing or by the way you feel? You need to ask yourself, are you, are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Are you just following your motivation without the Spirit? Even if you are a perceiver Out of the will of God, you would try to use the gift. But your gift is really hurting people instead of helping people. You see, the word of God is powerful. By the the word of God is really words of life. And the word of God can cut where there's cancer. And the word of God will cut out the cancer. And the word of God will go when there's a wound and stitch up the wound to make sure that when you've been cut and bleeding, God will bring healing into that place. See, but you got to know how to use the word of God. See, some of us are using it and we're cutting people that need to be healed. And some of us are trying to heal people that need to be cut. Why? Because we ourselves haven't been taught how to use the word of God. Well, how you learn? Get me on your knees. And ask God, Lord, oh, show me. Lord, I don't know how to do it. I admit, Lord, I'm not like you. You, you knew exactly what you do But, Lord, if you teach me, I'll go. Lord, if you show me, I'll do it. See, I'm so glad that Jesus is a perceiver. Why? Because right now, he's able to look down in you. He, he's able to look down in me and he sees exactly what's going on on the inside. See, you might be looking all nice, but something is wrong on the inside. See, somebody's here and you barely making it and you're putting on a smile for everybody, but you know for a certainty that you're just barely making it. But Jesus know all my hurts. Know all my sorrows. See, I don't have to go to you because Jesus already knows what's going on on the inside. And I'm so glad He knows exactly what's wrong with me. He knows exactly what's going on in the inside of me. So nobody knows how the pain I feel. Oh, yes, there is. There's Jesus. I'm so glad that, that, that I don't have to go through my circumstances all by myself. I got a God that before I tell him, he already knows what's going on. But he wants me to come to him and say, Lord. And sometimes when you can't say a word, you just need Him. Matter of fact, Romans said that there's sometimes that you got to groan. Have you been groaning lately? Have you grown lately? See, intercessory prayer, sometimes it's not what you say, but it's what's in your heart. Sometimes you can hurt so bad, you can feel so bad that you can't get it out of your mouth. Preacher, what you do, you lay across your bed. Sometimes that's not good enough, you gotta stretch out across the floor. Why? Because that's just the way you feel. You you feel like you're down and out. You feel like that if God don't help you, nobody can. You feel like that you can't explain how you feel to nobody, so you just stretch out. But you stretch it out on stretch it out on Jesus. Why? Because I know that He can help me. I know that even though I can't articulate what I'm going through, He knows my heart. He knows my mind. He knows my emotions. He knows everything that you're going through. He don't have to say much. Just say, Jesus, I need you. But then wait. What you do then, you wait. What you do then, you just wait. Why are you going to wait? Because in the waiting process, there's healing. See, in the waiting process, God begins to speak to you. And he speaks speak to you exactly what you need. Yeah. Heard a story. Yeah. Heard a story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Heard a story about eagles. You know I like eagles. Oh, yeah. I heard that sometimes eagles fly low, but when they fly low, other birds like crows in them begin to ah. At them. Now crows are smart. They know they can't fight with the eagle. So what they do is they fly behind him because they know that the wingspan of the eagle is too big and he can't turn around easily. So when he tries to turn around to fight them, they just flap behind it and they go, ah! See, some of you got people flying behind you and all they're saying is, ah! See, 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 Satan is flapping behind you, and what he's doing is, ah. See, I don't care what you do, do your best, and there's always gonna be somebody behind you, and all they doing is, ah. But let them, ah. Why? Because you're an eagle, and they're just a crow. You know what the eagle does? He said, okay, okay. I can't turn around and fight you because you keep on acting behind my back. I can't stop in midair and fight you because my wingspan is too big. But what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna stretch out my wings. I'm gonna do it under the wing of prayer. I'm gonna do it under the wing of the word. And I'm just gonna stretch out my wings. And I'm going to allow the wind. I'm going to allow the Holy Ghost to get up under my outstretched wings, and I'm going to allow it to take me up higher, and they're going to be out, but that's okay, because I'm going to keep on climbing up a little bit higher. Let them talk about you. Let them say what they want to say about you, just stretch out your wings. There's times, there's times in your life you can't, you're not flying, and you just barely. And the doesn't got sloughed. That's okay. Cause the wife said, wait. Yes. When well, you feel like that you can't make it no more and your legs are weighted down and, and, and you feel like that it's hard to make every step. Yes. What you do, you, wait. 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 Because the next step is you quit walking and you begin to right. run. Right. But wait, that's not good enough cause you're an eagle, right? Eagles don't run, eh? So what you do, you just keep on waiting. Dick and Copeland, What you know what you need to do, just keep on waiting. Sister Mary, you know what you need to do, you just need to keep on waiting. See, no matter what you're going through right now, Jesus knows all about it. So what you do, you just keep on waiting. No matter how hard it gets, what you do, you just keep on waiting. Now, 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 wait a, minute, wait, a minute, wait, a minute, wait 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 a minute. Somebody sat there and said, "I'm waiting on the Lord." But what you do when you're waiting? Just waiting on the Lord. Wait a minute, waiting is more than that. See, when you wait, you're waiting on the seat of expectation. So therefore, you got to know what to expect. So what you do, you get in the word and you fill yourself with the promises of God. what you do, you keep on praying and fill yourself with the prayers of God. Because when trouble hits, the prayers and the word will keep you. You know, when, when nothing else can keep you. There come a time, come a time. When it gets so hard that God will. But that's only for eagles. That's not for grown eagles. The grown eagle loves the storm. Why? There's an up current in the storm. So instead of running from the storm, he's the only animal that flies towards the storm. But he knows that if he goes towards the storm, that that current is going to take him up. And when you're going through the hardest times of your life, what God is doing, he's taking you up. And what you need to do is get on your knees and say, Lord, I don't know why I'm going through, but I made up my mind I'm going through because I heard that you're going to take me up. So you need to stretch out your arms and prayer in the work and allow God to take you through, and He will definitely take you up. I said, but wait a minute, preacher, you don't understand how much I hurt. I may not understand, but Jesus understands. He sees every tear, he knows every heartache, and all you have to do is just lean on it and say, Lord, don't know what to say. But I have decided to trust you. I, I have decided to wait on you. I'm going to see what the end's going to be. And the Lord will get up underneath you and he will begin to. Oh, something has happened on the inside. See, when you get here, you begin to say, thank you. My situation hasn't changed, but something on the inside just gives you joy. Like you never had before. You know, you can cry and say thank you at the same time. I don't know how you do it, but God is able. He want to take you from where you're at. So I don't care how messed up you think you are. I don't care how bad your situation seems like it may be. See, there's nothing that he can't handle. There's nothing that he doesn't understand. I keep on telling you he's a perceiver. You don't have to say a word. He just looks at you and can read everything about you. But that's okay. He'll take the dirt. And make it clean. He take your filthiness and make it white as snow. He take that sin as red as he... he'll clean you up on the inside. He'll give you purpose on the inside. He'll set your feet upon a rock and tell you to run on. Is never satisfied until he's soaring. Are you soaring yet? Are you flying yet? Have you stretched out your wings on Jesus? Have you trusted him with everything in your life? Have you said, Lord, for you I live and for you I die? Have you made up your mind that you're going to run on and see what the end's going to be? Do you know that he will walk with you? and he'll talk with you all along the way Do you wake up in the morning saying thank you for another day, oh yesterday may not have been that good but thank you for another day I know that whatever I got to go through you're gonna go through with me I know that no matter where I go I'm not by myself I'm hooked up to Jesus and Jesus hooked up to me I got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I got a companion that would never leave me, not forsake me. I got, a, I got a big brother who got my back. I got a father who holds me when I can't hold myself. I'm so glad I know Jesus. I'm so glad he's my Lord. I'm so glad I've been washed in the blood of the lamb. I'm so glad. What is it you need to turn over? Preacher's not that bad yet. Why wait till it's that bad? So there's a lot of people here that, that the only reason that they're in here Was because of trouble Amen, Amen. Amen. Most of us we came when it was trouble right. But the good thing about it Was trouble that brought us But it's love that keeping us Because when you get to know him, You, you fall all in love with him know about you, but I'm in love with the man. Amen. 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 And he's been good to me. Yes. Have you tasted yes. of his goodness? Yes. I just want you to know about somebody that is able to make you feel good on the inside. I want you to know how good it is, the taste of the Lord. Yeah, yes, See, you know, my brother says, we got a good thing. Yeah, I don't know if you know that or not. not that it's so good, it's a beat to the place you can't help but tell. We brag about everything else, let's brag about Jesus. And he wants, he wants to be real to you. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're sitting here today and you really haven't made that decision. You really have not allowed him to become Lord and Savior in your life yet. Or you, you know you knew him once, but something pulled you away. And you're kind of out there and you're not really covered. And you know that you're supposed to be flying. You know you're supposed to be soaring but you're kind of flapping your wings. Jesus is waiting on you to come back home. He's waiting on you to come back so that he can restore you back to proper relationship. See, I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about when it's real on the inside. I'm talking about when you know that you know that, that you know that is it's real. We will pray with you. We will talk with you. We will show you how to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. The doors of the church are open. And Jesus is searching throughout this congregation. And he knows whether you're where you're supposed to be with him. See, you might be able to fool me, but you can't fool him. He's a perceiver. He knows your heart. He he knows everything about you. Let him come and meet your need today. Let him, let him heal you.